Alright, what's up everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Reveal Rob Show. I am of course your host, Reveal Rob, coming at you with the latest in news, the latest in movies releasing, and with a review of Tick Tick Boom coming at you on this episode, man. Hope everybody out there has had a great, fantastic time since the last time we chatted. Um, I have been kind of busy, not like freaking actually going out and doing anything busy, but took in a lot of activities of watching um plenty so like i said hope everybody out there is doing good uh let's see over the weekend i did like i said i did a lot of stuff man did a lot of stuff went and saw ghostbusters afterlife with my brother man uh tombstone josh we're gonna talk about that on the show we do together called the show you're about to hear uh if we end up somehow not doing that uh i'll review it on my show next week um i did that started uh playing the game hellblade Zona sacrifice which is just Oh my god, <laughs> what a game this is. Fantastic freaking video game, dude. Like, so good. So good. I'm not even, I don't even think I'm halfway done with it. I know if I'm close to halfway done with it, but it's so, it's just, it's, oh, so good. Like, perfectly done game. I remember coming across this trailer, I'm like, I gotta play this thing. And, you know, I finally was able to get it through, um, anniversary gift at my job, which I just hit freaking hard to even fathom. It's been this long, but I just hit my 10-year anniversary at my uh, job, so that is incredible, and, you know, it is what it is. So, did that, playing that game, awesome time on the PlayStation 4, definitely highly suggest playing that game, and again, I'm not even close to done with it, I'm already, like, freaking, this is one of the best games I've ever played. So good, so awesome, compelling story, it's just, oh, it looks good, all that stuff, all that stuff, man, fantastic time. Hellblade's known as Sacrifice, pick it up, dude, pick it up, worth it. Um, see, what else did I do? Friggin', you know what? Survivor Series happened over the weekend. Survivor Series, one of the big four WWE pay-per-views took place over the weekend. And I, you know, me personally, thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish. Had a great time from pre-show all the way until the ending. Thought every single match was fantastic. I thought, you know, the outcomes were good. The stuff they did throughout the show was great. Great time, man. Great time. I know this is a movie show, so I'm not going to spend too much time talking wrestling on this show. It's kind of an everything show, um, but mostly movie show. I will have a wrestling show coming in 2022. Don't worry. Um, let's see. But yeah, that was great. Had a great time with that. Uh, obviously, recording after Monday Night Raw. Just watched that. That was a fine episode. Um, but before that, I watched, are you ready for it? Episode 2 of uh, Riverdale. Checked it out. I put it in. Plus play on the Netflix Pulled it up, press play. Netflix, episode two. And let me tell you, tell you, coming off episode one, I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. Let's see, can they continue this momentum? Episode two, continue that momentum. Fun times, man. Oh, got more Jughead in this episode. Freaking, ah, ah. I'm freaking loving this show already, man. Good times, dude. Freaking, freaking Riverdale it Rob. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna do a whole Riverdale show. Maybe, I don't know, probably not. Probably not, but hey, maybe. Who knows? You know, that Patreon I have. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know, but freaking Riverdale got me. Two episodes. I was already in after the first episode, but two episodes in, already like further into that thing. Enjoying that show. Enjoying it. And also, another thing I was watching before I started recording here, uh, didn't get all the way through it. Sorry, I was just watching it while I was finishing up notes and all that stuff. It was, uh, for the first time, I don't know how long it's been, I uh, put on Toy Story on the Disney Plus. I hit, you know. And it was like, yeah, today's its what, 26th anniversary or whatever. And, you know, I was like, cool, I'll watch Toy Story for a little bit and just, you know, kill time. And I tell you, man, it's been a while since I watched that movie, but it's still so good. And just think about what that time, 26 years ago when it came out and the stuff they were doing was so innovative and has led to so much, you know, other things throughout creations of those kind of movies. And it's like, so good, man. I was still laughing, having a good time watching the movie, even though I've been removed from it for so long. Still a good freaking watch, man. So, happy anniversary to Toy Story. Survivor Series, good. Raw, good. Riverdale Episode 2, good. Ghostbusters, going to talk about that on, uh, don't want to spoil, you know, my review. Talk about that on the show you're about to hear. Um, and let's see. Not this show, that's the name of the show. I'll do it with my brother. <laughs> um, I guess we can just go on the news, right? And, oh, hitting it off with a home run of news, man. If you remember, last week's episode brought this up, that this was could be a possibility, that the rumors were flying for this thing. They were freaking flying around Hogwarts. That's right. Return to Hogwarts is officially happening, baby. Reunion 
is engaged. Harry Potter Return to Hogwarts 20th Anniversary will premiere on HBO Max on New Year's Day, January 1st, 2022. Talk about the start of a fantastic year. You got that coming out January 1st, 2022. You got freaking the WWE pay-per-view day one coming out on that day as well. So freaking January starting off amazingly right away. Uh, the feature will... Quote, cool. tell an enchanting making of story through all new in-depth interviews and cast conversations, uh, according to HBO Max. All eight of Warner Brothers' original Harry Potter films are streaming on HBO Max right now. Uh, of course, returning cast, Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter, Emma Watson, who played Hermione Granger, and Rupert Grint, who, of course, played Ron Weasley, will all be returning, as well as other alumni from the film franchise, including freaking Helena Bonham Carter, Robbie Coltrane, Ralph Fiennes, Jason Isaacs, Gary Oldman, Tom Felton, the Phelps Twins, Bonnie Wright, Matthew Lewis, Ivana Lynch, freaking and more. Like, it's just, uh, brain them all in. <laughs> uh, an exclusive first look at this special will debut during the uh, premiere of the Bracket-style quiz competition show Harry Potter Hogwarts Tournament of Houses. That is debut, uh, debuting November 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern Pacific, not Eastern Standard Time, whatever. Um... <laughs> On TBS and Cartoon Network. Uh, that is a four-part event that will feature um, competing to take home the Tournament of Houses Championship Trophy or whatever. Which, you know, cool idea. Cool, but freaking A, dude. We're getting the reunion. 20 years in the... Well, you know, by, you know give or take. <laughs> give or take, whenever that last movie came out. Um, but yes, 20th anniversary, uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, or Philosopher's Stone, however you want to call it, released uh, 20 years ago. And it started the whole freaking Harry Potter craze and the Wizarding World craze, and I freaking love it to death. So, so excited about this. Super stoked. Can't wait to see it. Ah, so awesome. So awesome. Let's see. So, moving from that awesomeness over to maybe some kind of possibly sad news, depending on how you feel. Uh, in an interview with GQ, Tom Holland, our Spider-Man. Um, my Spider-Man will always and forever be Andrew Garfield, but... Tom Holland is our current Spider-Man. He's doing a great job. Uh, he spoke about his time in the franchise and whether or not he'll be playing everyone's favorite web slinger much longer. Uh, quote, maybe it is time for me to move on. Maybe what's best for Spider-Man is that they do a Miles Morales film. Um, actor continued on saying that he'd also want um, to take his character Peter Parker into account when making decisions. Saying, quote, if I'm playing Spider-Man after I'm 30, I've done something wrong. Which, you know, I just googled his age here and he's 25 years old, so he's about 5 years off of that. Um, but it takes a while to make some of these movies. So that's an interesting thought right there. Um, he's been playing the character for a while. He's done uh, No Way Home would be, what, the third solo film for him. He's been in a couple of the uh, Avenger movies. So, crazy to think about, right? Because he's so ingrained and you're like, ah, there's no way they'd want to get rid of him. And trust, trust me, Sony doesn't want to get rid of him at all. Uh, they want to keep him on. Uh, one of the executives over at Sony said they would have him do 100 films if they could. Um, but his contract's running up. His contract for playing Spider-Man ends after the No Way Home film. Um, he's previously said that he feels like that movie is the end of a franchise. So there's no telling where this is going to go. Maybe they can hash some things out. Maybe he's like at that young age where he's like, ah, you know, I need to do something different. Which, you know, personally, I've never understood if I had the ability to be cast as Peter Parker, Spider-Man, I would be glad to play that character forever. Like, I would never be like, oh, I need to stop playing this character. Unless, you know, like, the movie's gotten super ridiculous and stupid or something like that, but I would always want to play the character. So, but, you know, at the same time, different strokes for different folks or whatever the saying is. And if he wants to, you know, stop playing the character, that's more than obviously his choice. Uh, he's done multiple other films since this. Maybe he wants to move on to doing something else, but he's getting closer to the age of 30, and he's like, you know, maybe I shouldn't play Spider-Man too much longer. So, whatever works for him, man. We'll see what ends up happening there, but as I know, the trailer for, second trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home came out, and it looked fantastic. So good. It's got me even more hyped for this movie. Um, I'm glad they're not showing too much. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, come on, man, show us the other Spider-Mans if they're in the movie. We want to see them in the trailer now. Like, no, don't do that. Like, don't, don't do that. Save it for the film. Save, you know, the special stuff for the movie. I even go back to, we all know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, that I love DC, but I go back to when they showed Wonder Woman in the Batman vs. Superman trailer. I'm like, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> like, don't do that. Leave her to be a surprise. Um, 
Don't want that ruined. So, that's all I'm going to say there. Let's see, moving over to some Star Wars news. Uh, speaking to Empire Magazine uh, for their upcoming episode or issue, excuse me, of the Book of Boba Fett on the Disney Plus, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who's over the Star Wars stuff, uh, spoke about the recent sequel trilogy and said that the company has not forgotten about it, saying, quote, currently, uh, certainly, those are not characters we're going to forget. They will live on, and those are conversations that are going on with the creative team as well. Uh, speaking of, you know, of course, the characters in the trilogy, like Daisy Ridley's character, Adam Driver's character, and John Boyega's character, which I don't know if they've patched things up over there at the Star Wars side or not with John Boyega, but hey, maybe they have. Um... So, I mean, with Disney Plus, they're doing all kinds of... I feel like John Boyega said he wasn't going to do a Disney Plus show as well. So, we'll see what happens there. But, um... I could be remembering that wrong, but I really feel like he said that. So, um... That'd be really cool. I, you know, I have a, um... A, uh... What the hell's her name? Ray Skywalker. <laughs> um, I have her... I have, like, a silhouette of her as a car decal on my car because i really like that character and i know the new trilogy got some hate from like the hardcore star wars fans but for me as a non-hardcore star wars fan i enjoyed them especially the force awakens like that was my big jump into star wars like i knew about star wars before i saw the uh the prequels and i saw the originals a while ago but it wasn't like ingrained with star wars i just watched them to watch them essentially and you know once force awakens came out I saw that in theaters and fell in love with that movie, and it's like, uh, to me, I've always said to people, like, this is kind of, that's kind of my trilogy, because, you know, I just, I was more ingrained with that one, so, you know, I, I would be more than happy to see them returning, um, I'd love to see Daisy Ridley back, Adam Driver, but, uh, I mean, Daisy and Adam are just having, like, takeoff careers since this movie, and especially Adam Driver, so, who knows if they'll come back, who knows not, that whole stigma of, uh, you know, it's TV is, like, gone. At this point, actors who mainly wanted to do movies are now doing TV shows and everything. So I don't think it's as much of an impossibility as it was in the past. So we'll see what happens. But cool, man. If you want to continue their stories on or do something with them, bring it on. Why not? Uh, while we're talking Star Wars, Natasha Lou Bordizzo, hope I didn't mess up the name, we all know I suck at names, has been cast as the lead opposite Rosario Dawson in the Disney Plus series uh, Soka, uh, the spinoff of, of course, The Mandalorian, which I still need to watch. Um, apparently, Bordizzo Bur um, will be taking on the character of Saban, Saban, excuse me, Sabine, Sabine, Ren, whatever, <laughs> from the Star Wars Rebels animated series. I haven't watched that either. Um, I suck at names, dude. I'm pretty sure that's Sabine, <laughs> Ren. But, cool. We're getting more casting news for Ahsoka that's moving forward, so we'll see how that goes. I believe Ahsoka showed up in one of the Mandalorian episodes. I don't know. I haven't watched it. <laughs> Eventually I will. Maybe soon I will, but hey, I'm in the middle of freaking freaking Riverdale right now. You know, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Let's see, um, other TV shows that are coming, apparently a Blade Runner TV series and an Alien series, which we've already kind of heard about the Alien series. Both of those are on the way, according to Ridley Scott. Now, like I mentioned before, at a uh, Disney Investor Day, Alien was teased as an upcoming series. Uh, Scott has now released some more information because we haven't really heard anything since then. He said, quote, Alien is now being written for plot, or plot, good lord, <laughs> being written for pilot. You have to also write out the history, if it's at 8 hours or 10 hours, the Bible of what happens in those 10 hours. So definitely moving forward with that Alien show. Cool. Bring it on. I uh, also shared that Blade Runner uh, is getting a show as well, saying, quote, We're already into writing the pilot for Blade Runner, so we're already presenting Blade Runner as a TV show, which will probably be the first 10 hours, according to Ridley Scott. So... He's working on stuff, <laughs> so Blade Runner's coming, Alien's coming, he announced Gladiator 2 was ready to go, so he's working on the script for that, and he's blaming Millennials for his last movie not doing good, so really Scott's been kind of busy here. Um, if you didn't see this news, uh, The Last Duel, the movie that just came out of his, he released, like, today, earlier today, as of the recording this episode, talked about how Millennials were the cause of all this, and cell phone culture and whatnot, um... Which, I don't know, man. Movies are still making money in theaters right now. Even though we're in the middle of a pandemic still and all that. Pandemic, yeah. <laughs> even though we're in the middle of that, just 
I don't think that's the reason that movie failed. And I'm not crapping on that movie. I haven't seen it, so obviously I can't fairly judge it. And quite honestly, I want to see the movie. I'm very interested in seeing that movie. I'm just not interested enough in seeing it in theaters. Um, at this point in time, it takes a very special movie for me to go see in theaters, a la Cruella, a la Ghostbusters that I just saw. So, and that's mostly because, you know, time and, you know, I don't want to really go out to the theaters too much anymore. It's a weird concept. When all this stuff started, I was like, man, I'm going to miss movie theaters. And now I'm like, I don't know if I miss them all that much. Um, which I know is crazy as a movie lover and all that stuff, but it's like, it's just... I don't know, man. It's just something about people just making noise during a movie that just bothers me. You know, it's just, it's, it's gotten to that point. Um, but I still try my best to get out to the theaters when I can because I want to support theaters and all that. So it's like a weird back and forth in my head. But like I said, if it's like one of those big movies that I can only see in theaters, then I'll go to theaters to see it. Like, again, Cruella at the time is now on Disney+. Plus, um, and then Ghostbusters is now out in theaters. Um... So, yeah, I mean, The Last Duel, I want to see the movie. It looks interesting enough. It's just I haven't gotten to the theater to see it. I'm honestly not going to go to the theater to see it. I can wait till it's rentable. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. Moving over to Martin Scorsese. He's working on a Grateful Dead biopic, and Jonah Hill is set to star. Jonah Hill will be starring as the band's frontman, Jerry Garcia. It's not clear what period of the history of the band the movie will be taking on uh, the movie is untitled but um it's martin scorsese and jonah hill so two very talented people at what they do uh they worked together previously on 2013's the wolf of wall street so cool bring it on i am a jonah hill fan i respect martin scorsese's work um not a grateful dead fan not by like I don't like them. You know, it's more of a matter of I haven't searched them out. I remember when I was younger, I saw one of their videos where they were turning back and forth between, like, human band and then skeletons, which I remember like, ah, eh, that's cool. <laughs> but I never really stuck with the band. So, cool. Will I see the movie? Yeah, of course. I'm into these musical biopics, man. So I'll definitely check it out and see how that goes. And, of course, again, I like Jonah Hill. I like Martin Scorsese. Bring it on. No matter how much Martin Scorsese craps on comic book movies, that's his choice. Let's see, Jay freaking Leno is in the news. Jay Leno, remember him? He used to host the freaking Tonight Show with Jay Leno for a number of years. Then Conan took over. Then Jay Leno was like, hey, give me my job back. And then he left again. Um, <laughs> he's making an appearance in an upcoming film called Midas Man. This is a film about the Beatles manager, Brian Epstein. And Jay Leno will be playing no none other than a TV personality, of course. Ed Sullivan. Um, Ed Sullivan, if you don't know who he is, icon um, of television. He very well remembered he was on the Johnny Carson show, yeah. But he also had, like, his own, um, not showcase show, whatever the hell those shows are called. Um, you know, it was, like, a bunch of talent come out and do their things, what, whatever the, yeah, what the heck are those things called? It's gonna bug me now. A uh, variety show, I think that's what it's called. Um, he hosted one of those as well, so I can see Jay Leno playing that perfectly fine. Jay Leno's, you know, obviously did the Tonight Show, which, again, there's a connection there, because that's all of them was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. So... That works, man. Bring it on. Um, this is like a rare occasion for him. He hasn't been in a film as a character that wasn't Jay Leno um, since the 90s. Uh, the movie is, a uh, Midas Man movie is currently in production. And um, that's all we know, really. Uh, the project charts Epstein's role in the creative explosion of the 1960s and his sizable influence on pop music. So, again, music movie. Definitely we'll check it out. Ooh, Earthworm Jim news. Uh, an Earthworm Jim animated TV series is in development. Uh, like the video games, the series would follow the adventures of a Jim, a worm in a futuristic robotic suit who fights evildoers. Uh, Jim's ultimate quest is to find his true home among the stars, a near-mythical planet called Earth. Uh, the first Earthworm Jim game, which I remember playing this, man. I remember playing these games back in the day. The first game came out on the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo kiddos in 1994. Uh, there have been four games of the franchise. The last one came out in 1999. There was also a cartoon by WB based on the series of games that released for two seasons back in 1995. So, been a while for Earthworm Jim, but I always remember it, man. I, always, I remember playing that game. I, you know, I had an enjoyable time with it. It was fun enough. I did what I needed to do. I never, I don't think I played any of the sequels. I think I only played the first one. Um, 
But yeah, I remember that freaking Sega Genesis. Come on. Come on. So good. All right, let's see. Is this the last bit of news? All right, last bit of news here. Netflix has given a 10-episode series order to a show called Blockbuster, which is a single-camera workplace comedy starring Randall Park, which sets place in the last remaining Blockbuster video store. That's right. Again, kiddos. <laughs> Blockbuster used to be a store where you can go physically walk into, walk down aisles, see movies, rent movies. Um, now, of course, we got Netflix and all that stuff where you can, you know, easily maneuver around and click on things and play automatically, which is hilarious because Netflix kind of put Blockbuster out of business, so now they're doing a show about Blockbuster. Um, it's interesting. They got, like, an interesting history. I kind of looked into this a little bit, didn't dive too deep into it because I am me, but I kind of looked into it. Um, at first, Netflix was against Blockbuster, wasn't going too well at first. They tried to sell their company to Blockbuster. Blockbuster didn't take it. And then, of course, now Blockbuster is pretty much history except for that last remaining store, which, funny enough, Netflix released a documentary on earlier this year or maybe last year called The Last Blockbuster. So crazy how all these things work out. So there's still there's a single-camera comedy show coming about blockbusters me of course employees working at the last remaining blockbuster and how they are able to keep it going um i'm into it i'll watch it i remember going to blockbuster as a kid and checking things out i remember when i tried to rent uh, perfect for the timing of the show uh shows recording the show obviously close to the holiday season and i remember going into a blockbuster and renting or trying to rent the grinch and they're like where's your parent or guardian uh this is the jim carrey grinch i'm like why do i need a parent or guardian for the Grinch, and then, you know, of course, as you get older, like, okay, <laughs> all right, all right, so, you know, whatever, I, but I mean, it, it was an experience, for sure, going to Blockbusters, walking down the aisle, seeing the covers, like, ooh, I want to check that out, especially when it comes to horror movies, and you see those covers, because horror movies always have pretty awesome posters, for the most part, so seeing that stuff and everything was like, cool, I want to check it out, I want to check out what this is, and all that stuff, I think I mostly rented horror movies, um, Probably an action movie every now and then. And wrestling. Because I used to rent out wrestling tapes back then. I call him video or whatever. Used to have wrestling pay-per-views and stuff. I'm like, yeah, give it to me. So, I remember Blockbuster. It was a cool experience. But I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, I miss Blockbuster Death. And I wish it was still around. I don't need that experience anymore. You know, honestly. There's like, people are like, oh, man. You're missing out not being able to walk into these Blockbuster stores. It's like, it's a big nostalgia thing. Um, for me, you can get kind of the same experience. Clicking on a Netflix or a whatever streaming service and just flipping through there i mean shutter i'm talking about horror movies just looking through there like look at the cover of that movie i'm watching it you know so you can do that with streaming services and i mean you're not physically walking into a store or anything and again different opinions for different people if you do miss walking from boxes that's awesome i get it i completely get it but you know for me i'm not one of those people that's like oh man i miss blockbuster so much because it's not you know it's whatever you know but as far as this show goes into it absolutely into it i will gladly watch it and have a good time with that and speaking of watching things it is now time it is now time for the segment of the show where we talk about things that are releasing this week as we're recording this episode so first up we got house of gucci rated r drama crime two hours 37 minutes this will only be in theaters uh, house of gucci is inspired by the shocking true story of the family behind the italian fashion empire i'm gonna have to say names that I do not know how to pronounce once again. So, when Patrizia Raggiani, <laughs> Reggiani, God, I suck at names, uh, who's played by Lady Gaga, an outsider from humble beginnings, marries into the Gucci family, her unbridled ambition begins to unravel the family legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of betrayal, decadence, revenge, and ultimately murder. Uh, speaking of Adam Driver earlier, he's in this movie as well, um, and Jared Leto. Um, and speaking of movies earlier that I'm like, ooh, I want to see that, like, well, The Last Duel, I do want to see this movie, I don't think I want to see it enough to go to theaters to see it, it's one of those things, um, but it does look interesting, I will gladly check it out, uh, when I get the chance, see, also releasing this week is Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, uh, also rated R, horror action, one hour, 47 minutes, uh, returning to the origins of the massively popular Resident Evil franchise, fan and filmmaker Jonas Roberts brings the games to life for a whole new generation of fans. It might be Johannes. Um, in Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, once the booming home 
pharmaceutical giant umbrella corporation, Raccoon City is now a dying Midwestern town. The company's exodus left the city a wasteland, with great evil brewing below the surface. When the evil is unleashed, a group of survivors must work together to uncover the truth behind Umbrella and make it through the night. Um, sounds fun. Saw, like, a clip, I think. Uh, maybe yesterday. Looks fine. Again, not gonna see it in theaters, but I will definitely watch it at some point in time. I haven't. Now, saying that, I don't remember playing any of the Resident Evil games, and I don't remember seeing any of the Resident Evil movies that have come out before this one. So, maybe I need to watch those movies before. I don't... You don't have to. It looks like they're just rebooting the franchise. Um, but, you know, I might check them out before... Just check them out. Because I do want to see them. I just never got around to seeing them. Same with the Underworld films. I haven't seen those, but I want to see them. But not enough to be like, eh, I need to watch it now. <laughs> um, let's see. We got An Encanto. Uh, PG. Animation comedy. One hour, 39 minutes. Uh, I believe that's Encanto. Enchanto. Enchanto. Encanto. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I suck at names, man. I suck at names. Uh, let's see. The Madrigals and the Madder, Madder, Madrigals suck at names. <laughs> are an extraordinary, extraordinary family who live hidden in the mountains of Colombia in a charmed place called the Encanto. The magic of the Encanto has blessed every child in the family with a unique gift. Every child except Maribel. Hey, I got a friend named Maribel. However, she soon may be the mad Madrigal's last hope when she discovers that the magic surrounding the Encanto is now in danger. I suck at names. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. Uh, animation comedy movie. Probably going to be fun. Not for me. Um, but I might end up seeing it at some point in time. Who knows? Let's see. 8-Bit Christmas. PG. Other. <laughs> it's considered other slash comedy. What's the other? Who knows? Uh, one hour, 45 minutes. This will be in theaters and on HBO Max. A humorous and heartfelt look back at the adventures of childhood. Set in suburban Chicago and the late 1980s, the story centers on a 10-year-old Jack Doyle's Herculean quest to get the latest and greatest video game system for Christmas. Well, I remember that struggle. I kind of have that struggle now because I want a PS5, but can't find it anywhere. Um... It's on HBO Max, and I will check it out for this reason and this reason alone. Steve Zahn's in it. Steve Zahn's one of my all-time favorite actors. Love that dude to death. So, I'll see it for Steve Zahn. Let's see, we got a movie called A Holiday Chance, PG-13, drama, comedy. One hour, 42 minutes. This will be in theaters. Uh, when the family of the founder of a multi-million dollar film production company experiences some tragic events during the Christmas holidays, two sisters, Noelle Chance and Naomi Chance, must set aside a lifelong rivalry and come together to turn the company around and keep the family intact. Alright, uh, let's see. Bruised. Talked about this movie last week. It's rated R. It's a drama. Two hour, 12 minutes. The reason I'm bringing it up again is that it is releasing on Netflix this week. So it released in theaters last week. Releasing in uh, Netflix this week. Again, this is the movie uh, starring Halle Berry in her uh, directorial debut where she's playing Jackie Justice, a mixed martial arts fighter who leaves the sport in disgrace so check that out on netflix if you have netflix uh, let's see we got a movie called the unforgivable rated r drama one hour 52 minutes released from prison after serving a sentence for a violent crime ruth slater played by sandra bullock re-enters a society that refuses to forgive her past facing severe judgment from the place she once called home her only hope for redemption is finding the estranged younger sister she was forced to leave behind. Uh, this is releasing in theaters. It will be on Netflix, I want to say. It will be streaming on Netflix in December. Um, but for now, it's in theaters. And of course, when it comes to being on streaming, I'll talk about that. Um, let's see, speaking of streaming, Disney Plus has two things coming out this week. The first one being the Beatles Get Back. Get Back. Get back to what you want. I don't know the words. Um, acclaimed filmmaker Peter Jackson's The Beatles Get Back is a unique cinematic experience that takes audiences back in time to The Beatles' intimate recording sessions during a pivotal moment in music history. I will definitely be checking that out, and I will definitely be checking out this next one on Disney Plus as well. Hawkeye, the next Marvel show. 
is officially releasing this week with the first two episodes hitting Disney Plus on November 24th. Uh, new episodes will release every Wednesday until the final episode airs on December 22nd, 2020. Of course, a Marvel's Hawkeye takes place after Avengers Endgame in a post-blip New York City that sees Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye trying to get home in time for Christmas. Unfortunately, a threat from his past shows up and derails his plans. This leads him to team up with Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop to put a stop to a criminal enterprise. Um, in it, in for it, you know, I know Hawkeye's like, oh, man, it's Hawkeye. Whatever, dude. Friggin', I, you know, Haley Steinfeld's in it. That's enough for me. She's uber talented. Uh, on top of that, Florence Pugh's Yelena Belova, Belova, Yelena Belova <laughs> will uh, be in this show as well. If you've seen Black Widow, you know why. Um, as well, uh, Maya Lopez, also known as Echo, will be part of this show as well before setting, uh, she'll be in this help, of course, introducing you to the character, the character was announced, if you listen to my Disney Plus episode, Echo's getting a show as well, so you get the introduction to that character, you get more of Yelena Belova, and you get Haley Steinfeld, what else could you ask for? Um, and talking about the character of Echo, uh, Lopez is a deaf Native American character who has the ability to perfectly copy anyone's fighting style, much like the Taskmaster. So, bring that show on, man. I'm into it. Let's see. We got An Intrusion. Drama, mystery, thriller. This will be on theaters and Apple TV+, Plus, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> um, an Intrusion is an edge-of-your-seat thriller that follows a family patriarch who is terrorized by a malicious stalker. He fears the attacks may be related to secrets he has violently kept hidden from his family. Uh, the film stars newcomer Dustin Prince alongside Scout Taylor Compton from Rob Zombie's Halloween. Freaking Billy Boyd from The Lord of the Rings is in this thing as well. I'm in. Bring it on. Uh, Licorice Pizza is releasing this week. You've probably seen that trailer a couple times. What a weird name, right? It's probably what you said. But hey, it's finally releasing this week. It is a drama comedy. Two hours 13 minutes. This is in theaters. Rated R. Uh, Alana Kane and Gary Valentine grow up, run around, and fall in love in California's San Fernando Valley in the 1970s. So, we'll see what that's got to offer. Trailer looks interesting enough. We'll get there. And the biggest release of the week, especially in this man's heart, is the one and only film called Clark, which is a examining of the life and career of filmmaker Kevin Smith. Uh, the film will feature interviews with friends, family, filmmaking peers, and icons of the film, comedy, and comic worlds. Love me some Kevin freaking Smith, man. Always love and support that man. Can't wait to see this movie. I will gladly, I haven't bought a physical copy of the movie in a while. I will buy this movie. Uh, it runs one hour and 55 minutes. Documentary about the man, Kevin Smith himself. Absolutely worth seeing. So, can't wait to check that out. And that does it, man. So that was the news. That was the stuff releasing this week, so that means we are now at the review point. So, trailer queue up time. I'll be back after the trailer. Hello. Hi. Welcome. I'm Jonathan Larson. I am 29 years old. I work at the Moondance Diner. Jack, one sec. Do we take reservations? No, we do not take... We're, we're a diner. I have an original rock musical. Hey, boy genius. And I have spent the last eight years of my life writing. Getting out. You're gonna be rich and famous. And rewriting. Did you crack it yet? Oh, I'm getting so close. And rewriting. Can I hear it? Any day now. Eight years! And the time keeps ticking. You need to ask, are you letting yourself be led by fear or by love? Fear! A hundred percent fear! I don't know what the show is. Why do we play with fire? What if the workshop happens and nothing changes? What then, Jonathan? Maybe I'm just wasting my time. Do you know how many Jonathan Larsons there are? One. Why should we blaze a trail? There's not enough time. I went to three friends' funerals last year, and nobody is doing enough. 
I'm not doing enough. Try writing about what you know. What does it take to wake up the generation? It would be a tragedy to give up what you have. Take off and fly. Fear or love, baby, don't say the answer. Actions speak louder than Welcome back to the show. That was the trailer for this week's review. Tick, tick, boom. PG-13 musical drama. One hour, 55 minutes. Uh, on the brink of turning 30. A promising theater composer navigates love, friendship, and the pressure to create something great before time runs out. Film stars Andrew Garfield, Alexandra Ship, and Vanessa Hudgens. Oh my god, this movie. I was already super hyped and excited for it because I love Andrew Garfield. He's one of my favorite actors. And I'm a huge Vanessa Hudgens fan. So I knew that I wanted to see this movie really bad because of those two being in it. Um, and it's a musical. I like musicals. Musicals are fun. But I don't know what I'm getting sometimes with musicals because sometimes musicals rely heavily on the music not so much on the story. Um, happy to say this movie is not that. Like, this movie is so... Oh, so fantastically done. Everything is on beat and that i don't mean that like and punny wise because it's a musical like everything is just done so perfect perfect and fantastic the story is great the music is great the freaking acting across the board is great like everything is so awesome about this movie god i had such a great time watching it i remember less than 10 minutes into the movie i told myself Oh, I'm getting this soundtrack. <laughs> like, this is happening. I'm immediately getting the soundtrack, um, downloading the soundtrack. Because that first song, it just hits so well. I might play a clip of it at, uh, to close out the show here. But it just hits so good and gets you going. And you're like, oh, this is going to be freaking, this is going to be a great time. This is going to be a great journey. And it freaking is a journey, man. This movie is definitely a journey. I love that it does this great thing where it gives you all kinds of different emotions throughout the film. Like, it gives you... All this stuff going on. And there's even a scene. And I'm not going to spoil it, obviously. But there's a scene where... There's a story going on with the acting. And there's a story going on with the music. And they're connected. But they're two completely separate emotions going on at the same time. And I'm like, this is freaking brilliant. This is perfect. This is amazingly done. The performances here by everybody is freaking on point it is hilarious it is freaking sad it is everything and everything <laughs> you know it is so freaking amazing and that's what i loved about this movie is that it gets you to feel all these emotions throughout it and it does it in very very great great powerful ways this movie was directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who knows what the hell he's doing when it comes to musicals and what he's doing when it comes to Broadway, and he freaking nails it throughout the movie. Uh, Andrew Garfield, extremely talented actor who's been on Broadway, who's won a Tony on Broadway. He knows what he's doing with this film. I uh, got a fun story about him coming up to deal with this movie. And again, you got Alexander Shipp, who's done a great job. You have Vanessa Hudgens, who's also done Broadway and done musical plays. She did um, Rent. She did Grease Live. She's fantastic. She's fantastic in this movie. Everybody. The whole cast is fantastic. There's nothing in this movie that's bad in any way, shape, or form. Like, at all. I don't care. That's not even... That's not biased for loving Andrew Garfield and Vanessa Hudgens. Like, everything in this movie is fantastic. Like, so freaking good. So good. So, and there was a moment where I was watching the movie, having a great time, loving it, loving every single second, pulled into it, having... You know, everything going on with the movie. And I paused it to go get a drink. And I looked at it when I paused it. And I paused it, like, pretty much right at halfway. And I saw that I've watched an hour of the movie. I'm like, this has been an hour. This has been freaking incredible the whole time. Like, this has been an hour. It hasn't felt like an hour. And then I looked at how much time I had left. And I still had an hour left. I'm like, fuck, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> how many times has that happened when in a movie where you're like, oh, there's still an hour left of this? And you get even more excited about the movie. Because I'm like, I can't wait to see what the next hour has in this movie. It's just, it is that good. 
it is that freaking good, man. So, ugh. And since, you know, since watching the movie, like I said, I immediately downloaded the soundtrack after it ended. Um, and I listened to it all day today. And I'm probably going to listen to it all day tomorrow and probably throughout the rest of the week. I'm just going to keep playing it on repeat because it's so, God, so perfect. So, and it was an interesting thing and a concept and thought that I came across is that my favorite film of the year since I've seen it has been Cruella. And I don't know if anything's going to beat it. I don't know if things have come close or not. But as time has gone since Cruella's come out, nothing has gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm going to put that over Cruella. This movie is extremely close. Extremely close to being placed as my favorite film of the year. Which I would have never guessed. Again, love Andrew Garfield. I would have never guessed that this movie would be in the running for my possibly my favorite film of 2021. But, it's that good. And I thought about it today. Because I remember after seeing Cruella, that one of the things that stuck with me, other than how freaking bloody fantastic that movie is, I remember leaving it and immediately downloading the soundtrack because while that movie doesn't necessarily a musical and you know Emma Stone isn't singing or anything all that much it's a really good soundtrack like really good soundtrack so I was like immediately downloaded that and wanted to play it and it's funny that I had that same moment with this movie which is a musical and obviously different in that aspect but I remember I remember as soon as I finished the movie, I'm like, download the soundtrack. And just like Cruella, I've listened to that soundtrack every single day since watching it. I thought that was a pretty funny and interesting um, parallel there between the two. So, now, it's making me want to watch Cruella again. Because I'm like, okay. Loved that movie to death when I first saw it. I haven't, for some reason, I haven't watched it again. It's on Disney Plus now. But it's still always stuck with me, even after seeing movies... Since the time has passed since Cruella came out. In some I've gotten like kind of close. But nothing's gotten as close as this movie has. And I'm gonna honestly. And there's still some movies coming out this year. I still need to see Last Night in Soho. And I still. And of course we got Spider-Man coming. So those are two highly anticipated films for me. Um, so those two can probably be in the running. But right now it is Cruella. And freaking Tick Tick Boom. Almost tied right now. And telling you, man, for the next couple of days, next couple of weeks, before the end of this year, I'm going to go back and forth between both of these movies and watching them over and over again because they're both on streaming. Cruella's on Disney+. And Tick, Tick, Boom is on Netflix. So the opportunity is there to watch them both back and forth and just try to figure out and come up with which movie is going to end up being my number one. I thought, I honestly thought, you know, Cruella would be number one throughout the rest of the year. But this movie... God, so fantastic. So, I mentioned I had a pretty fun story going uh, with the creation of this movie. And, because I wanted to look it up. And I knew Andrew Garfield was extremely talented. But I wanted to make sure of this before I brought it up on the show. I wanted to see if Andrew Garfield was really singing in this movie. Because, you know, sometimes when you get these movies, looking at you, Rami Malek, for um, Bohemian Rap City, where he may have been singing, but he was dubbed over by something else. Um, uh, you know, I want to see... How much of the actor is doing this stuff in the film. A la Tyron Tar Egerton in uh, Rocket Man. He did the singing in that movie. So I wanted to look up and see how Andrew Garfield did uh, singing-wise in this movie. And I came across this pretty funny story. Um, so according to a recent segment on CBS Sunday Morning, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who did the filming, obviously did the directing in this movie... Uh, he said he had Andrew Garfield in mind for the role after seeing him in Angels in America on Broadway, but wasn't sure if Andrew could sing in real life. So he reached out to someone that they both have in common, which is a massage therapist who works with both Andrew Garfield and Lin-Manuel Miranda. And he says, of course, you know, the freaking masseuse says, of course he can sing. He has the voice of an angel. And then, but however, the masseuse never, or the therapist, never, massage therapist, never heard Andrew sing in real life. And as soon as um, Lin-Manuel Miranda left, they called up Andrew right away and asked him, can you sing because I just lied to Lin-Manuel? Um, and, you know, freak out. <laughs> Andrew Garfield's like, I freak out. <laughs> Adding with a laugh. 
um, that's a good friend who will lie on your behalf. Uh, so when you get to press notes for Tick, Tick, Boom, Lin-Manuel Miranda added even a little bit more to the story, saying, I asked him, can you sing? And he said, when you, when are you making the movie? And I said, not for at least a year. And he goes, a year? Okay, then I can sing. Uh, Andrew Garfield spent the next year learning how to sing from several vocal coaches, including famed vocal coach Liz Kaplan. He even learned how to play piano. Uh, Andrew really threw himself into the role with such gusto. We just watched a singer being born. It was pretty uncanny. He is so talented. So freaking Andrew Garfield, within a year before making this movie, learned how to sing for the film and learned how to play piano for the film. That is freaking being awesome. That's what that is. He's so freaking good. And he... Great singer. Great singer. Not even going to freaking lie to you. Great singer. So, that's another interesting thing after watching this movie. Is like, for the longest time, my favorite actor has been Tom Cruise. Like, I love Tom Cruise. Loved everything he's done. But I came out of watching this movie, and I'm like, dude, is Andrew Garfield my favorite actor? <laughs> is he, like, really? Because, again, he's it's it's close. It's close. It's like, is he my favorite actor? Because everything he's in, I freaking love. I think he's amazing. He's a fantastic actor. He's proven it over and over again. He's won a Tony Award. He's nominated for an Oscar. He should have won for Hacksaw Ridge. And God dang it, he better be nominated for an award for this movie. I know it's, you know, it was in theaters for a week, so that probably gives him the chance for an Oscar buzz. Because I know how fucking stupid they are about streaming movies. But he deserves every single nomination. That is how good he is in this movie. Everything. So much emotion he put in this movie. So much he put into it with the singing. Everything he put into this movie. He deserves the nomination. And he deserves the win. Now, we'll see how the Oscars are. They gave Rami Malek the award when he didn't really sing fully in freaking Bohemian Rhapsody. But they didn't give Tyron Egerton the award when he sang fully and put more into the character, if you ask me. So, we'll see how this goes. But, God, I hope he gets nominated and wins. I know it's like an award show and doesn't matter and doesn't not matter whatever he deserves the recognition and praise because he's so freaking good so yeah so now i'm on a mission for the rest of the year to figure out what my number one movie is i didn't think this was going to end up happening i didn't know if any cruella was really going to have that stiff of competition but now the competition is heated up this movie is knocking on the door and it's very very possible that it could pass cruella which is insane which is insane but god dang it, this movie is just that incredible from start to finish. So worth it. So absolutely in love with this movie. I can't stop listening to the soundtrack. I want to watch the movie over and over again. God dang it, it's so good. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say about the movie. <laughs> you know, I don't know what else to tell you. Everything, every aspect, loved it. So, tick, tick, boom. Absolutely see it. Absolutely see it. I know there's people out there like, eh, I'm not into musicals, but this freaking movie, God, give it. Give it a go. It is so worth it. You're going to freaking, I don't know how you can't love the movie, but hey, everybody has their own opinions, so whatever. But for me, love this movie to death. Can't wait to watch it again. Can't wait to play the soundtrack some more. Bring it on. So there you go. That's my review. Absolutely love the movie. Um, and I guess that'll do it for this episode, right? Is that it? Yeah. Okay, so. Appreciate you all listening to me, taking the time to hear me do my rambling on about movie news and stuff releasing this week and then reviewing something. So, appreciate you more than you know. Thankful that you join in every week. I guess this week is Thanksgiving, so thankful for all of you that listen to my show. Give me the, your time of day. I highly and very, very thankful for that. So, as I like to end every episode by saying... Remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light. And um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to play some of the first song from the film as I close out the show here. So. so again, thank you for joining me this week. And here we go out with uh, 3090 from the Tick Tick Boom soundtrack. I will talk to you all next week. Time to regroup
Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.